You're listening to Dirty Feet, a podcast from No More Radio. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. Hosted by, animé par, Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon, et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Stay tuned. We're going to move you. So it's June in Montreal. This beautiful city just comes alive in the summertime. You've got uh, the Fringe Festival that's just about to start. You've got the Festival Transamérique, or FTA, that's uh, well underway. You've got uh, the OFTA, which is an offshoot of that festival. And uh, it only makes sense that in, in, this, in this mess of different uh, ways of presenting work and different uh, institutions setting up opportunities for artists to come in and do that, that uh, we are speaking today to uh, the creators of the F off micro festival that's uh this is going to be the premiere of it here in uh, montreal this june this is actually a project conceived by thea patterson peter trotzmer and jeremy gordonier and uh, they are the core uh, artists in residence at technolith is the building owner and art collector and patron harvey lev in studio today, we have Thea Patterson, who's been on the show a couple times before, wants to talk about Chorus 2, which is uh, Sasha Kleinblatt's work, where she was the dramaturge for that project. She also came in recently to talk about The Dance That I Cannot Do, which is actually a piece that's going to be presented in this micro-festival. Um, that was back in February of this year. We have uh, another return guest with us, Sonia Stefan back in studio. We actually, the last time that we had her in was October 2013 for Salon Double, which was uh, presented at uh, Agora de la Danse. So for the first time ever, we have Peter Trotzmer in studio, who is another member of the choreographers along with Thea Patterson, and who's worked with many different people over the years and who's, uh, who's presented work in a lot of different countries, which is very exciting. So thank you for, for joining us for the very first time. Thank, uh, it's good. it's nice to be here. <laughs> great. And at the end, Sonia, thank you for being here. It's great. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, Sonia is, uh, we were going to say, guest artist of this of this festival. So I would like to start w right away with this this title "F Off" and what that means, and uh, and what it means to be doing this festival now in the place that you're doing it in Griffintown. I guess I'll take that because I I came up with the the name. We have this space, basically, and every year that the festival time comes around, there's kind of a, there's a lot of excitement and a lot of energy in the city, and also there's a lot of people coming from around the world, and so it's definitely a platform to be able to interact and get to know with some of those people that are visiting from other countries, diffusers, presenters, cultural workers, so... Uh, that was the, you kind of you there's sort of a pressure actually there at sometimes at a point to to try and um make some space for yourself lots of people are doing studio showings there's a lot of stuff going on that are that to kind of get a chance to interact with some of these people um and we have the space so it seemed to make sense at the same time that you find that it's kind of crazy to try and make a mark at a time when there's eight million other things going on. So it was kind of a funny a funny thing, like we're going to do this little festival at a time when there's already a million other festivals. So we were kind of just laughing at ourselves, And the F off um, play on words it was just seemed to come naturally with already having the festival, just that um, reference to the festival, the F, 
being festival, but also a little tongue in cheek of where uh, we want to try and do it our way a little bit and not just replicate um, existing models of presentation for work. Also, because the space is pretty rock and roll, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not. Um, it's not a clean space. It's not. Uh, yeah. So, and it really, it really affects the work in a way. It really implicates the kind of work that we're able to do there. So that was kind of the genesis of it, I think. The space, actually, recently we had uh, a couple girls on to talk about their project, the Griffintown Project, which was in a, a different uh, room, but of the same kind of uh, building structure in, in Griffintown there. And and we talked a lot about what that meant to them. Um, and you have a different relationship with that space. And, and how did you get involved with uh, with working with Harvey and working in that environment? So I, I think these relationships grow slowly, um, especially if they're going to have any meaning or any purpose kind of thing. So I, I've known Harvey for... I've known about Harvey for years um, in terms of um, just being interested in spaces and architecture and places. And Griffintown has been an exciting place for, for that. And, and it's changing rapidly. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. Um, but that particular corner has always been fascinating and amazing. Um, walked through it many times, wondering who the owner was. And then a woman named Shona Jensen um, uh, was doing... Um, urban occupations urbane was her project and and harvey gave her a bunch of spaces there i don't know what her initial connection with him was um so jeremy and i had this project coming on we wanted to do we're looking for we, it was becoming more concrete that we needed to find a, a place to do this work and um i talked to shona because she knew a bunch of people around there jeremy also had a connection to the owner because um he had presented a painting during one of their Nuit Blanches, an event. Uh, also, we had gone to that event as well. So we'd seen the space inside and et cetera. Also, um, Harvey's late wife uh, commissioned a painting from Jeremy of one of the buildings. So there was, a, there was already a nice connection there. Um, so uh, went in, dropped by a number of times. And uh, always missed Harvey or sent him emails, never got a phone call back, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then finally, when, when this happened and there was cash to do the project and we had the concept and everything together and we're like ready to go, uh, magic happened. Uh, wrote Harvey an email. He responded. Um, Thea and I went down and something must have hit him right because he, uh, he looked through the, uh, my website and saw some of the work and read some of the reviews and stuff like that. So he was interested. Um, he hit it off with Thea right away, and, uh, and then Jeremy came down, and, and, and we walked through the space. But we actually, we started off, and, and we still are uh, inhabiting an outside space, kind of an old uh, garage space. And uh, it's just recently, since the winter, that we went upstairs, and we're, we're doing some stuff upstairs as well. Because um, it's too cold in the winter. <laughs> And, and what you're going to be working on for, for F-Off is five out of six machines. And you presented Myths and Machines at Tangente uh, a while ago. Where in this process did that happen? Did that happen before you started this relationship with, with Harvey? Or did you take that and move it into this outdoor space? Yeah, um, Myths and Machines was um, a piece based on... It sort of had, a, for me, a lot of... Well, it had... Historical research um, based on my family 
that was my interest in it. And, um, and then we had this machine, this sculpture. So the myths were the sort of stories or history that has been passed down orally. There's no, there's no way of verifying all the details of things. And some of the stories are kind of super stories and, uh, and the machines, um, were the sculpture thing. Um, so that was, that was that. And five out of six machines, I know we're, we're stuck on this machine title, but, um, we took the machine really, and that idea and concept of the machine and just took run with it in the, in the outdoor space. We're thinking of like a giant Wallace and Gromit world to begin with. And, and, um, I think we ended up with our own version of that in some way. And, um, the, the space being such a, a strong influence on the, on the physicality of the movement, how was that, uh, adjustment going from uh, outdoors to indoors? And did you feel that was restraining or did it open new possibilities as far as the work? I think it, it depends on the work that's uh, going in there. Like for instance, the, what Sonia and Thea are doing, um, they're doing work that, is meant to be in a number of different spaces or venues. So they, they've been, it's not the kind of place where you can just drop in and do something. So Sonia has been working with me in there since January on our new process. And, um, and so she's familiar and comfortable and sort of starting to understand how people navigate the space, how she looks at the space, how she wants people to look at the space. And so she's, she's put that into how she's reworking her piece for the space. And Thea as well has been in there as long as I have. And so, um, it takes it takes a little bit, yeah, it, because it is such a specific venue. It takes a lot of consideration in terms of that. I built my pieces in the spaces for the spaces, so uh, I would have the challenge when I took it somewhere else to have to and, face that. And a big part of the space is actually vacuuming. I know it sounds crazy, but um, the space is very, very dirty and really raw, like we've said. And all of us, I mean, the first moment you walk in, there's these two shop acts, and everybody, the dancers, everybody, we, we vacuum. And we, we generally clean the space. And, and it's funny because it's kind of like a warm-up process. You get really intimate. Like you really know what the floor looks like and, and the walls. And there's so many different nooks and crannies of the space and, and the way the electricity works and all, the, all those kinds of things. So when you're doing your dance piece, you feel... I mean, I already feel already really intimate with with the, actually the materials of the of the space and how it feels, and so it just it just makes sense and because also all of us are really working a lot with objects, and so there is this real deep connection with the body with with materials and whether it's a, a space or a machine. That explains perhaps why the event photo is a uh, this sole person in the in the dark lighting vacuuming <laughs> the wooden floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps, Sonia, can you tell us a bit about uh, the kitchen series, that the work yeah. that you're going to be presenting? Um, I actually have always rehearsed um, in my house. So it's either um, usually we push the furniture or I rearrange. And um, that piece that we're going to do there, I actually started it in the living room. And when I arrived at uh, in Griffintown, they, it's, it's funny because people have lived in that space. So there's these like leftover home spaces. Like there's a, a, like a bathroom with a tub, but nothing runs. And there's this, there is a kitchen. There's a kitchen with a fridge and everything. But then it kind of falls out into this lost space where there's nothing. So I love, I love the mix of like home things and, and this lost space. So I definitely was connected with that. And, um, with the dance piece, um, we're using all home stuff like VCRs, uh, televisions, all the sound comes from that. The dancers manipulate the cords. So uh, that's another thing about the space is that we need extension cords, you know, to run, to be able to light or do whatever. So th- there's um, 
um, I don't know. That's it. In the, in the piece, uh, there's a lot of dealing with those kinds of things. And so what I love about that space is that there is touches of memories of people being there from before. Um, but it's constantly changing. And so we are constantly changing within the space. And so that's definitely an aspect that I really love. This is interesting, again, about the space, because back when we were talking to you about Salon Double, if I'm not mistaken, it did come to light that, well, you're you're moving your living room onto a, a stage. And now it's kind of a little bit different to your presentation space. Yeah, because um, because I arrived there and it's already there. I didn't have to do anything other than go and play with this stuff. And so when the dancers came, I'm like, you know, this is what we have, this is what exists. And they're like, oh, you know, I didn't know, like, new things arrived. And I, with my piece especially, I always had this thing in my head that I wanted it to be kind of like a Facebook idea where it's constantly changing, that it never sticks into one spot, and that the information's always new, and then whatever information comes, whether it's from a dancer or from an object, that you have to just deal with it. So you're just in constant change. So you're multitasking all the time. <laughs> And the space is definitely that type of space. I mean, Peter's piece in the triangle space, in the hobo shack uh, downstairs, I guess you can talk more about that. But when you're in there, even when you're watching, you feel like you have to adjust because it's a bit scary, but it's exciting. It's, it's like many things as you're watching it happen. So Scary, precarious, scary? Yeah. Yeah. It's super, super precarious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like because the up, well, upstairs and downstairs, because they're kind of particular and specific, um, sort of in their nature, there there has to be a theme of hospitality or caring or or sort of some sort of. Um, it's not it's not a normal event that you're going to. So yes, the the outside space requires a little extra consideration for everyone, and uh, and we talk about that. That's part of that's part of the experience and part of the show. So um, and and that's kind of what gives you a different we're not giving you an antiseptic experience we're giving you a real sort of sort of uh live and present and and uh we encourage you to keep your eyes open and your self present and for the performances as far as the audience goes are they free to roam and explore are they directed in certain directions um as far as them watching the work how much uh, structure do you guys have for the audience? Well, the three different things that we're presenting, or that we're actually presenting more than three, there's a few other little things that are happening, but the three main show, quote-unquote show, it, they're specific and they're at specific times and they're in specific spaces. So there, there is actually the, there is a focus that we, we're asking for from a viewer, like for a fixed period of time. Um, Peter's... Um, there well the audience moves around but it's, it's sort of it's quite guided because because um of the precarious nature and uh the other two are i don't know how to what to say about it you're not really free to move around but you're not super fixed either there's you're kind of having maybe having to adjust yourself or there may be some interactivity um yeah, so I would say it's not you know it's not a space where we can actually let people just roam freely too much because we have to be taking care of uh, of them and respecting also Herbie's wishes of um, of uh, not just having people running around. There would be lots of places to get lost in there, and and it's just we have to be a little yeah, bit but careful. In reference to the actual performance experiences, 
I think what's interesting about this is that we, we're, we're considering, or everything is open and everything is on the table every time. So, like, um, during the performances, you are less fixed than you are, let's say, in a theater. You're not sitting in your seat unable to move. You can stand up, you can walk around the room, etc. Or um, uh, in the case of the piece outside, um, you're, you're immersed in the room. So no matter where you are in the room, you're in the show. Um, so these kinds of things are sort of the ex- part of the exciting aspect of the place as we get to rewrite and write these, these rules and definitions as we go and negotiate them as we're coming forward. So they're not all fixed in stone. And in terms of, I mean, that's, yeah, in terms of how the... Um, how the place is developing, the people we encounter when we go there. There's a nightclub, there's, there's fancy cars coming in and out, there's construction vehicles driving by. and So there's lots of negotiating all the time. And, and, and I think we're trying to encourage this sensation and experience for people who come and visit to see the space. Um, to negotiate. They're, they're going to have little things to negotiate along the way as well. So it, um, it's just trying to make a very live, rich experience. And as far as the other collaborators or artists presenting work in the same evening, I believe there are video projections, a little bit of everything. Can we maybe just have a little taste of what else uh, we will be seeing? Well, Jeremy, who's our other collaborator, who's sort of a, more of a, he's a visual artist. He's installed some of his, one of his installation pieces, which is a huge mural, which it's beautiful as well. He's created some sound, interactive sound sculptures. So there, um, well, there's one in particular that you can actually play, which ties in also with, um, Peter's, the piece in the hobo shack, which has a lot of interactivity with the objects, almost like a, a playground. Yeah. At the end, we invite the audience to to come and play on some of the objects. Um, So those are Jeremy's sort of, that's in his realm. Um, There's going to be some video projections, um, one by Nathan Yaff, and uh, another by, it's a collaboration between Sonia and Audrey Juto and her dog, Sam. And Winnie, we have another guest artist who's come from Calgary. Winnie Ho is her name. And she's going to be kind of a roaming performance performative presence and then on the night of our fundraiser which is the sixth we're having a big party that's important to note it's going to be a lot of fun and uh we have claudia frangelo and leanne dyer who are doing a food performance which involves also us getting to eat the food which is going to be amazing just another and, reason to yeah go. <laughs> yes they're i mean they're amazing they're amazing food food people mm-hmm. Amazing. And uh, also Leanne Dyer has uh, some sculptural objects and her family is going to be roaming around. Um, the Leanne, the, the Dyer family is quite, uh, they're quite wonderful. I don't know if anyone saw them at Short and Sweet, the last Short and Sweet. Um, I, don't, I don't know if anyone, anyone who remembers that will know what I'm talking about. They're pretty special. And Gerard um, Reyes said has just been sort of, I've just brought him in um, this week as another kind of uh, person who's going to be kind of there on the 6th as a presence, a performance presence. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned a fundraiser, and I know that this residency probably helps a lot with when it comes to funding and budgeting and creating work. Um, but there are other costs that are probably not included. So is this the fundraiser that will help you guys take this project 
onwards or is it uh, for this project in particular? It would be super helpful if uh, there ended up with... Um, we have some, you know, there's a roof that needs fixing out back. Um, and this fundraiser won't bring in enough to do it. But but uh, it, it'll help patch up some of the holes and, and things. Um, it's just to, to help with some of the ongoing maintenance and, and sustainability of the, of the place. Extension cords, light bulbs, lamps. Uh, it's a little bit of sound stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's never ending. I mean, the place itself is you know it's it's great, it's amazing, um, but we 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 constantly want to make it more and more functional so we can keep these dreams that we're having. <laughs> In the project description, along with kind of the care for the space, there's also this this focus on the interaction with people in the neighborhood. And you're talking about this community of artists that's participating in this in this festival in this uh, fundraiser with you. Um, in what way is that the neighborhood that you're talking about, or is it broader than that? Is it more specific to the location? Um, Harvey uh, said this to me once when we were standing in the parking lot um, in the way of a car that was trying to back out and not moving, so the car had to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> um, because it, it was uh, it was one and it was one of his renters who's rent the, the guys who are renting New City Gas and clearly he doesn't get along with them and I'm like Harvey why why are you doing that and he's um, he was his response was that this place has always been a village um, so there's always been people you get along with and people you don't get along with and 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 I think I, f- I find that an interesting concept it's the the idea that um, that great things come out of tension sometimes and great things come out of great um, exchanges as well so we have all of that there so that's the community I'm talking about and and because Griffintown is exploding um, there's a, a, the big influx of having to deal with construction um, rewriting the rules of the neighborhood in terms of how people can engage with the whole community I mean there used to be you know squats and little places all along the canal that have all been tossed out so there's there's new and i mean there still is a squat just down the street underneath the the viaduct that was there all winter like they're living there for the, anyway there's i saw them i saw them with they brought out their rug and they were beating it to get the dust out and they were sweeping they were sweeping out under the viaduct like they were they like they were doing housekeeping like serious housekeeping they have a garden they were spring cleaning and they have a garden it was amazing. Yeah, so that's all the all the community, and then now now the influx of people who hit the uh, underground parking and go up into the new their new condos, and once in a while you see them outside walking their dog or something like that. But <laughs> but that's all part of it. The, the, sort of this this place where people are aren't yet sure how they all interact because it's a a mix of old and new. <laughs> And uh, speaking of community and residencies, I I heard from a little bird that you guys uh, will most likely be going to Parsboro in the the Bay of Fundy. Um, And uh, from experience, I was there last summer um, at the actual post office. Uh, So the, the... I love the, the the thought of seeing how this community will will shift and and interested in, in seeing if you guys are starting completely new ideas or uh, giving a second life to the project based on the experience you'll have over there, or if it's kind of just a complete blank page and you'll let things happen on their own. Um, in Parsboro, we'll present um, sort of an unplugged version of SD Myths Myths and Machines, the piece we did at Use and Say with Tangent. 
um, because we have a tour and we're, so we'll be in Halifax and, and St. John's, Newfoundland, and we're adding that as a tour date. Um, that was part of the initial, uh, arrangement with Harvey with uh, the use of the outdoor space. He was like, well, if you, you know, how about you guys do that there? And then you come out to Parsborough and do that show I saw on the internet. Um, <laughs> Like damn, we have to go so to demanding. <laughs> but we are um, we are building um, we are investigating this new piece in other spaces as well. So we'll do a little bit of research towards that as well while we're there. Um, we're doing it. We're in Peterborough. We're going to Peterborough midsummer um, to do that as well. And then early, like two weeks from now, I'm going to be in St. John's, New- not St. John's, in Stephenville, Newfoundland. Also, um, there's a ton of old. Uh, uh, empty hangars and things like that because it was uh, an Air, American Air Force base there at one point. So, yeah, trying to expand this idea of inhabiting um, industrial or post-industrial, but also looking at industrial spaces. We'd like to sort of mix this, um, instead of waiting for all the workers to go away, like sort of have them have to walk around the sculpture to get to the button to turn the thing on, would be very exciting. <laughs> Never gonna happen. No, it's our dream. Yeah. All three of you have had work presented by by a more formal presenter, and uh, and a big part of this project sounds like it's about creating your own opportunities to uh, to present work and to um, have a project to work on. So perhaps, I mean we're all partially aware of what these issues are with, with having enough exposure, enough opportunity, but perhaps you can tell me a bit about your personal experiences with that. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I might start talking a lot. Um, I know that's a big question. That's a big question. Okay. What do I think? I think that, um, all those things do get, okay. All those things do get me down. Like, um, those opportunities to present all that stuff. So, but instead I said, okay, like how could I still keep working on the thing that I love, which is dance, but just find like any opportunity to do it. So what I've done is um, I make dance films and I've applied with the dance films in festivals that aren't dance festivals. And I've been lucky and I've been uh, been able to like, you know, go there and present them or do performances and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I, I want to be in dance environments with people because those are the people I love. And when Peter had the space and he were working on a new piece for him, um, it just it just it just made sense, you know, to 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 be there to like uh, not clear to be fully excited about the opportunity to be able to do that, and as well as being excited of being part of something to have other people present their work that is there like Leanne and Claudia and all those other people so I think that we all have to do whatever we have to do like we have to present ourselves in already known models but I think that it's really 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 fun to explore models that we don't even understand or are like we just jump in there and just do our thing and then and then after the experience is over find out what was great about it, what was bad, and just constantly be willing to transform and and be present in whatever experience it is. We're kind of at a point of questioning questioning right now. It feels, I mean, it feels that's always the, the job and purpose of an artist anyway. Um, so, you know, and because of economics and uh, possibilities, availabilities, um, what am I trying to say it's the wrong word, but it's irrelevant. Um, we, so 
new models are are sort of really important to search out and and also like yeah questioning like what is this sort of you know capitalist art model thing spaces theaters really expensive to run unions um having to fulfill expectations of what you're going to do in the theater um all those things sort of it's nice to, it's it's wonderful to be able to take a, ch- a chance to step away from it um and and to to figure out to try to figure out a, a new way of doing things so you know we're going to have a festival how are we going to get people to do it like are we going to have an application process are we going to have people write another grant so that they can like sort of get to know us to do the thing so like so we we all agree that that's not how we we want to operate <laughs> You know, and that so that leaves it's a whole wide world of of trying to, yeah. Those those we just want to pose questions for a bit, you know, or 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 challenge a little bit, and that's why it's f off as well. And it's not to say no, or or you know, it's not to say f off to the established, but it is at the same time to if no one's trying to undermine, then no one's doing their job. Like the job of the artist is to question. to propose, question, undermine, destabilize, you know, restabilize, you know. I'm, I'm not going to say more. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to say a little bit about the application process. Um, at one point I realized, I, I mean, it's out of the frustration that I'm just terrible. Like, I cannot explain myself via words. Like, I try and I just, I can't. So, there you go. So then I was, like, thinking about what about all those other people, like, in the world who, who express themselves, I don't know, via movement or all the other ways that we know but it just felt like um i i mean it's normal because again again it's a capitalist society like we have to write our artistic statement we have to do all these things you know this is how you you connect to um getting opportunities residencies money all those things but it, it feels after a while that you're just it constantly in a box like you have to go through you have to jump through hoops and it's always the same hoops that you're jumping through to be able to do what you love. So I know that the three of us talk about this a lot, that um, we definitely like when you just meet somebody and you're like, wow, this person is really interesting. Just the way they are, the way they, they speak, it's, just like, it's really on a personal level. And, and like Winnie, for example, when you see Winnie, I mean, just meeting Winnie, you, you know that that person has a lot of interesting things to show and say in, in this world. So she's like a person that I'm really, really excited to see uh, perform on Friday night. So I'm, I, I feel like when we talk about this, the, the having to describe our projects with words or having an artist statement and all those hoops you're talking about that you have to jump through over and over again just to present work or maybe present work if you're accepted. Um, whether it's applying for festivals or running a festival, there is a lot of uh, administrative tasks to complete and to kind of wear many hats, whether you're a performer, choreographer, or a grant writer. How do you manage all of those different roles? And, and I cry a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm being honest, actually. I, I, it's, hard. it's hard. It's hard. I mean, the administration tends to take over. This is the truth. And it's it's kind of depressing. But we sort of kept it to a minimum on this particular event. It's the same thing of trying to kind of of uh, not just replicate, replicate, replicate the ex- the way things have been been done. It's it's pretty fluid. Um I think we've tried not to let it take yeah. over. Like we didn't make any press kits. 
We didn't make a <laughs> video for <laughs> like an advertising video, you know, or 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 just we we did some things for sure. Like I don't know exactly how to say it, but but leaning more towards leaning more towards the actual hands-on kind of stuff and le- leaving the rest to kind of just emerge or it's going to it's going to just be what it's what it's going to be and we're just going to try and have fun and like you guys were saying it's more i guess it's more about the um connections that you've made with either other performers presenting work and and can so more about real life conversation yeah. and exchange yeah. yeah at the same time we have to we have to we want to make we want people to come and you have to do sort of some you have some outreach but we also have each of us have our different skills skill sort of sets and part of the the working in a sort of collaborative collaborative organizational capacity is to just also utilize the skills that people have so peter's a great networker so you know he just he easily does that so then you know then when then sonia takes on something else she's you know she's great at equipment and uh and uh setting up video stuff and she and, writes and i and she's not, the writer I do, I do the writing um not sure what jeremy does <laughs> still trying to figure that one out and for those who do come and i'm sure there'll be many uh and share this experience and and see the work what are you hoping they take home with them i mean no one can walk into that space i think and not be affected in some way it's that the both of the spaces in a sense they kind of go in in to you somehow um so there's that and then with the work kind of being sort of um immersed into the space is to is to try is to feel like that kind of um joining so that the that it's not just about the space but also how how the work sort of is touching the space and kind of bouncing off of the space um also i think i would like them to go home with a feeling of uh, that there was a there was a um hospitality really is like the and and a and an easy hospitality like not um like you know go get a beer from the fridge kind of you know it's really it's not um like there's it's a par- not, it's effortless yeah. or something. There's a parking lot. I know this sounds really strange, but there's this parking lot that everybody enters and when you're and everyone's sitting around. And it has this feeling for me of um where I grew up in my small town where people would come over and we'd hang out in the garage and everyone's just sitting everyone and talking and, and so it feels less alien like to me. Um like being in a museum, for example hanging out having a beer it really has this feeling of hometown <laughs> so what i'm hoping too is that because the space is so um alive that when people come in it it uh it allows you to have easy conversation mm-hmm. and and physically i feel like it it's easy to be there um so i'm hoping that people who will come will have feel that easiness and then that will instill like conversation dialogue pieces will happen it'll they'll have it'll just be more um communicating yeah like you said on an easier like this conversation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there any anything else you want to mention about the project oh andrew tay and david david albert toth who I think goes, I think his DJ name is David Lafontaine, will be 
will be playing on Friday night. Wear sensible clothing. (laughs) (laughs) Good shoes. shoes. Yeah, it's it's dirty. It's dirty in there. Don't wear high heels. (laughs) Don't wear high heels. You will get stuck in the cracks. Yeah, yeah. Bring your lovers so you can find a corner. Oh, there's lots of good, <laughs> lots of nice, lots of good smooching corners. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, just maybe it's important to note that we are asking for uh, a suggested price of ten dollars, but it is pay what you can, including the fundraiser. Um, so our our philosophy is basically like no one will be turned away unless it's we're at capacity which can happen in the hobo shack, but upstairs, we will, that will never happen. We will never reach capacity. We've been uh, speaking today with Thea Patterson, Peter Trotzmer, and uh, Sonia Stefan about uh, the F Off Micro Festival, which is taking place the 4th, 5th, 6th of June uh, 2014 here in Montreal in, uh, in Griffintown. Um, what's the address? The address is 141 Rue Anne. And basically, if you know where the Darling Foundry is, you just go straight west on uh, Ottawa, cool. under the highway, and uh, around the back of New City Gas. Yeah, it's always a good idea to have a, your walking plan beforehand, or you're going to get stuck on the wrong side of the highway or something. And there's a more specific uh, schedule of all the different uh, presentations on uh, on the Facebook page. On the Facebook page, and also we have a F-Off Microfest um, WordPress. So if you just go, if you just Google it, you'll find it. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure. Thank you. As we mentioned at the top of the podcast, it's that time of year for the Montreal Fringe Festival. This year, there are nine shows in the dance category and several other multimedia shows that feature movement and dance. Definitely worth checking out. You can go to montrealfringe.ca to see the full programming or pick up a paper program. Check it out. We'll be spending time for the next two weeks speaking with artists presenting work as a part of the Fringe here in Montreal. Dirty Feet is recorded every week at the Montreal Improv Theatre. Check them out at montrealimprov.com. Dirty Feet est produit et animé par Produced and hosted by Alison Burns J.D. Papillon et Stéphanie Moret-Robert You can find out more about our show at nomoreradio.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet and find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast Vous pouvez écouter tous nos épisodes sur notre site web ou vous pouvez vous abonner également sur iTunes à notre podcast Listen to past episodes on website or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to give us a rating and or leave a comment to help us spread the word. Tune in next week for a whole new show.